0: you yeah. Good morning and welcome to Chapman and Robin. I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bird. And this episode you'll hear just a little bit of background noise. It's not a big thing. It's just uh, our roommates are cooking dinner. Uh, I know I said good morning, but we don't record these in the morning because Bird is not a morning person. We do our reading in the morning. We do our tea drinking in the morning. We do our pipe smoking in the morning and opium smoking in the morning. Um, so our roommates are cooking dinner, so you might hear some pots and pans and some chit chatter, but that is, it is what it is, a bros. Bur- bur- our roommates are V bros. I don't know why. But we're just gonna roll with it. Um so
1: Okay. So what are we drinking today?
0: Oh my God! You're gonna jump right into the first segment. Yeah. I don't have a jingle for what are you drinking today, but I think that's fine. I have a. Gr- I hope you guys liked the jingle for. Um, it came from the short box. I was pretty pretty proud of that one last week, um, but we are actually both drinking the same thing today. I made a pot of tea before we started the episode, and we are drinking uh, Japanese cherry. Um, we're drinking mm. tea. We're both drinking green tea. It's a green tea and herbal, uh, green and herbal tea blend from the Spice and Tea Merchant downtown. It's called Japanese Cherry. It's Sencha Green Tea, Rose Petals, and Cherries.
1: Oh, fancy. It's actually
0: pretty good, too. I wish we were drinking it out of fancy, fancy teacups after reading More Lost Girls, which you just want to go and put on your best clothes and lounge around on Mm, elegant chaiselons. But, um, so that is what we're drinking. Um, so do we have any, we don't really have any top matter anymore. We used to like um, bring people up to speed, but I like the, the I do format. have some
1: things from last episode that, you wanted that to cover. I wanted to catch up on. Okay. There.
0: This would be a good spot for corrections um, then.
1: So yeah, they are corrections. Uh, the illustrator that I was thinking of last episode when I was talking about the little additions in Lost Girls, uh, w- Little additions? Like the black and white pages in there that aren't the standard, like storyline. Right, right, right,
0: right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Aubrey Beardsley. And I seriously should slap myself because I love his work and I just couldn't think of it.
0: We didn't. We haven't gotten there yet. Um, I, as I said in the last episode, I'm reading through the whole volume as we go, and then rereading the chapters that we cover for each uh, each episode. But we haven't gotten to it yet. But they specifically have like two, a two page discussion of Art Nouveau, and Aubrey Beardsley is part of the Art Nouveau. Yes, movement, yep. right? Mm-hmm. It's him and Alphonse Muca. Is there another one? There's, th- I thought there was. Th- There's
1: a lot.
0: Three, yeah. okay. There's three. One. There are three that really stick in my head. But
1: um, Henri Toulouse Lautrec.
0: Yes, 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 yeah. The guy who made. He's the one who did the absinthe spoon I showed you the other day, right? I think so. Yeah. uh What's his name? Andre. Henri. Henri Toulouse Henri, as in H e r h e n r i Henri. Henri. Mm-hmm. Oh Henri Toulouse La um, yeah, he he designed some really beautiful absinthe spoons that I would told Bert that I desperately wanted to buy. <laughs> um so let's let's go ahead, you I have an- Another thing. one.
1: Okay. So uh, terms pertaining to the coloring of classic comics that ah, I couldn't think of. Right. So for color separations is the process and how they were made. They would run one page through four different printers that each have a different color black cyan yellow and magenta oh. so that's sometimes how like when they don't um register correctly when they don't line up perfectly you they get those like weird little edges out of
0: phase. which that's what it does. i love yeah
1: um so that's part of that and then um the ben Day dots are um, the name for the dots that are um, of a consistent size and distance from each other. Okay. And that's um, named after Benjamin something day, who was an illustrator. Where did
0: we, oh, Um, was that where we were talking about the little like colored dots? Yeah. The (laughs)
1: stippled dots.
0: Those are different techniques, different, different techniques of coloring comics. There are, are those two, are they individual from each other? No, they're used in conjunction. They're used in conjunction to create color.
1: Yeah. Not anymore, but back then. Um, Yes, right. So you have those four colors and then you layer the colors to create secondary and tertiary colors. Um, It's sort of like halftone, but not exactly the same thing.
0: That's interesting. I uh, sometimes still see crop up in... um I
1: love it I personally love how it looks well, and I think it's a sad thing that we don't have that anymore
0: from time to time when I'm reading comics I will still see that credited color separation by or call like color separatist or something mm-hmm. like that um so occasionally I still see that credited is that that's probably used when they're trying to like recreate that effect or maybe ca- or it
1: might just be how they're doing it digitally or d- like maybe, doing the same type of yeah. process
0: but just uh, okay
1: sometimes when you're printing you still do need to do um color separations for things
0: Cool. Well, I'm glad we learned that. I kind of remember reading something about that. I have a bunch of old cartooning books. When I was really young, I wanted to be a cartoonist, and I remember reading like a a a sort of primitive way of doing color separations was colored. There's like uh, sheets of tints. Like yeah, that's what this
1: is. It came in a sheet, and then you like cut it down to fit your. I think it's the coolest thing. I would be
0: so time consuming. So in love. So you cut it. You would cut the sheet down to fit your art. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing something in my ears, which is kind of weird. It sounds like static electricity. I wonder if it'll show up in the recording. Anyway, um, so shall we dive into our Let's first dive segment? In. All right. So for uh, my my current favorite segment of the show, just because I get to do a goofy voice. Um, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, to see what it is all we know is that That's it came from the short box. What did you just take a bite of?
1: I, I don't know. I was like King Kong or something. Okay.
0: A and like biting their head. <laughs> I love it. All right, so we're uh, we're streamlining this section a little um, bit. We think it would it would be better if we were going. Um, it would be better if we did a shorter, a little shorter section here, so we could spend more time. Yeah, because you Girls. got this
1: gigantic thing. That's not that bad. And
0: uh, anyway, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, we figured if we did this section a little quicker, the episodes might go a little faster, be a little more streamlined, and you wouldn't end up with a three-hour episode <laughs> like last week. Um, interestingly enough, I grabbed two at random. Mm -hmm. Um, I did. I grabbed the Daredevil one so we could finish the run of Daredevil that we started with last episode But I have no more Daredevil comics, so this is the last Daredevil that we'll be doing Um, And then I went to E
1: But that's not related This is not a related comic to the previous
0: But yeah, but I figured we could just finish all my Daredevil comics And then we don't have to come back to Daredevil
1: Wow, you have four?
0: I have four. only four Daredevil comics, yeah Which is weird because I actually really like that character So I went on to the E and I grabbed the first comic in the E bin uh, we bizarrely, I managed to grab two one-shot standalone comic book issues this week. So these are not part of another story. There's no story that comes before or comes after. With the Daredevil one, they kind of reference some events that happen, and this is a, a one-shot, so it's like tur- it's secondary to a main line. It's like a yeah. bonus story. So they do mention some like main line stories, but or, uh, some stories from the main run. But they're both totally self-contained. You can. You can actually buy both of them on Amazon for about three ninety nine. Or there's, uh, I'm gonna get on get on my game. There's, I think it's Mile High Comics. Um, there's a couple of really great online single issue retailers where I picked up all of those uh, um, X O Manowar comics. You can go on there and shop for comics by how like the condition they're in. Very good, used, acceptable, perfect. Then there are some CGC rated ones, the comic book grading. Company, commission, commission something like that Where you can get uh, ones that are sealed In CGC plastic and And are, are rated but you can go On there and get comics for like a buck I love that thing um, So yeah we have two Two single issues I want to start with this one Because this was fucking awesome okay And I did not expect it to be as good as I Thought it was I don't know if you'll believe I don't know if you're with me but um, Let's skip it let's skip the daredevil One for now okay sure and we're gonna cover 1995 it's a single issue comic. It's part of a line called Vertigo Voices. Uh, I believe this is a, a Vertigo comic series that ran in the nineties where they were grabbing new creators or cre- very mm. distinctive creators. I think Neil Gaiman and Dave McKean were all, also
1: They're um they they're have in, ads on the on the inside covers of in the front they, they And they do back. like
0: a they do a Q and A on the back with them oh, where, is that where what Neil that is? Yeah I it's, didn't even read it's it. It's sort of like a letters page, but it's Neil Gaiman and Dave McKean run it right there on the ledge with Neil Gaiman and David McKean. Mm. I did not read it because it's not a part of the comic book proper, but it's really, really, this is, this is cool. Um, So it's, it's called the eaters, the eaters. I don't know, not theaters. I know it looks like theaters, it looks like theaters, but it's the eaters written by Peter Milligan drawn by someone named Dean Ormston. I have never heard this artist before um, and right off the bat, because because you are the artist, what did you think of the art in this Oh, comment? I hate it. You hated it. <laughs> you hate fucking it. monster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I got... I actually have a note. I, it, I okay. say um, I didn't like the art. I had trouble telling the mayor and his assistant apart. Mother and daughter sometimes look the same age. Just the art was not very consistent. Uh, um, and maybe part of that is like the simplicity of it. Maybe the artist is not um, very old. I don't know. It kind of reminds me of... um, Not Bone. Uh, It's like...
0: The the art to me looks like another comic that I know you haven't read called Breathless. Oh. Um, I'm not sure who did that project, but the art is really similar to Breathless.
1: I occasionally get... Look at how gigantic her head looks there. I occasionally get
0: like uh, bits of Tim Sale to this artwork. Oh. Like hmm. like um, Tim, uh, for me, Tim, I enjoy Tim Sale's artwork a bit more, but I can kind of see like like little influences or touches of Tim Sale in this in this artwork. I think that he, this artist does backgrounds. Uh, I want to get that artist's name. Dean Ormston. I think Ormston does backgrounds really well and structures really well. A lot of the times, especially in the mm-hmm. early portion when they're still at their house, mm-hmm. the house looks great, I think. Uh, like very spooky, almost like Edward Gorey style, like spooky mansion um, when it's in the darkness and the apple pie salesman comes back. <sighs> so anyway, let me run you through the basic plot really quick and then Bird and I will talk about the comic. It essentially follows a family. They are the, what is, do you remember the name of the family?
1: Um, I have it written down. Uh, Quills.
0: The Quill family. Right, right, right. Um, So it follows the, the Quill family. They are basically a family of cannibals.
1: Eaters Eaters
0: I'm sorry They don't like that term The C word um, So there are <laughs> There are four of them It's mom, dad Some little The son is obsessed with boxing And was it
1: um, Like Robbie or Bobby Or something like
0: that I don't know Doesn't matter Reg Something Bobby Anyway She screams his name in the end but I don't really care that much about the character's name. I care more about the plot of the thing because I think it's really interesting. Um, and we did kind of read through it fast to get to recording. But so it follows this group of this these four people who live in this quaint little, um, we get the idea, like kind of hickish town, like idealized quaint hick town just outside the city limit or the town limits. And, uh, the, the, at first you think it's going to be like kind of just a, a cannibal comedy essentially. Mm-hmm. Like they're talk about going shopping, which is go to town and kill somebody, bring the body back so they can cook some dinner. Um, they haven't killed anybody in a couple days at the beginning. So the mom is complaining about how she, all she has to cook is like au uh, gratin or something like that. Or it's a, I think it's some sort of soup that she makes with, with fingers. Droite is the French word for digits. Um, like Phalanges Mm -hmm. So we literally see Like a a big pot of soup With fingers And fingernails Like sticking out of it So they're They're eating All they have is fingers And the dad gets all Like pissed about it Basically Is like Rocky Rocky is the kids Oh wow why did I not make the connection that Rocky would be the kid who's obsessed with boxing's name? Oh. Anyway, um, mm. so uh, Rocky... Rocky, We're clearly is, not
1: like sports people.
0: Yeah, well, he makes a lot of boxing references, and I'm like, hmm, I don't know who any of these people are. Uh, ooh, Sonny Liston, I know that name. But anyway, um. so the dad goes... Basically, the the dad goes to, uh, go, goes to go to town to kill somebody and the doorbell rings and it's an apple pie sales company it's an apple pie salesman
1: yeah isn't it called like apple pie Inc. apple pie Inc.
0: I think it is it's an, it's an American apple pie and, um, company and they every year pick the best American family based on like testimonials from neighbors the plot there is a little thin but it doesn't matter they, Whatever. they get an award and they're given a Winnebago so the family kills this guy, eats him, and his partner shows up and is like, Hey, have you seen my partner? And they're like, No, why don't you stay and have dinner? So he eats his partner <laughs> and then they get in the Winnebago and go cruising across America. The story totally
1: changes. Uh yeah, do they say where exactly they are? They're headed in to the California
0: beginning? and I think there's some in some sort of like I Southern like Midwestern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Wisconsin. Let's say Wisconsin, sure, Wisconsin because Wisconsin. all the great cannibals come from Wisconsin. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, Ed Gein, high five. <laughs> so they're from Wisconsin. Um, so they get in the Winnebago and head across the country and there's like several like little side stories that happen as they cross the country, but really what I and then basically the end of the plot is they we find out that they had a, domer, uh, not a, a donner party situation where they crashed in the mountains. That's how they became cannibals. There was a mayor, the mayor of California,
1: wh- A mayor, in the California. governor..
0: He's a governor, I think. Mayor. Mayor. He's, he's- oh, mayor of San Diego.
1: The mayor of San Diego
0: was on the plane with him, uh, and he also ate human flesh. And they're going to go visit their. But that
1: was eighteen years ago. I don't think he is not anymore. He was the mayor at the time. No, he
0: later became the mayor of San Diego, and they're going to go visit him and say hi. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, So that's the basic plot. But what I really wanted to talk about is like the the weird turn that this goes halfway through. I thought we were going to get like kind of fun cannibal Mm -hmm. comedy with a lot of Wes Anderson style dialogue. Did you get that vibe? The, like mm, the, no. like, oh, a lot of the dialogue to me felt very, um, because they're being they're speaking so bluntly and openly about eating humans that I thought that it was kind of like mm. it had that Wes Anderson feel, like, oh dearest sister, I feel I fear we must kill them, like that sort of like flat Wes uh, Anderson yeah. feel. But then halfway through, this book turns into like, have you remember the movie God Bless America? Yeah. Where that guy gets, it finds out that he's dying or whatever, uh, and he goes on a murdering rampage, just yes. killing all the people in America that he thinks are
1: shitty. It gets that vibe, doesn't it? Especially, yeah, it does. I, and they're also doing the like, we're good Christian folk, so we need to like minister to the poor kind of thing. It's
0: so funny when they're ministering. to th- I love, th- honestly, I found this on Amazon for three ninety nine, and I think people should fucking b- <laughs> b- read this book. That's really uh, funny. It's like forty pages. Uh, but and it's not collected anywhere. I couldn't find it in any collections. It's like mm. a single issue that would have slipped through the cracks if I hadn't bought that dude's collection. But um, uh, yeah, I love when they're driving and the dad is. <laughs> the dad goes basically like, "Well, you know, the disciples were eaters. That's what right? they call cannibals." Oh and, my god! <laughs> and Cassandra, his <laughs> daughter, uh, is like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah." The Eucharist just the all that pretty
1: heavy handed, don't you think? All that yeah. talk
0: about eating bodies and drinking blood. It just you know, it got. Confused and turned into a story Over time but yeah oh yeah the original Disciples were totally except for Judas And don't you think that's interesting And I was like oh my god (laughs) he's totally Right Judas was not at The last supper (sighs) So like that last supper when Jesus Was like you know what the way is everybody You gotta fucking eat Eat Yeah he's like you eat flesh you drink Blood but who wasn't there to get to get that Judas
1: is not at the Last Supper. Judas. I thought that was
0: amazing. Um, in the early part of the comic, there was I I made a note that I felt like this would be a horror comic mm-hmm. if you are disturbed by the idea of cannibalism because they're they're like butchering bodies mm-hmm. and you see like body parts on the table uh-huh. and they're eating tons of flesh and pulling meat off the bone and stuff. But they don't eat any vegetables. None. Well, it's they, like, they do they do incorporate a lot of herbs and spices, and she does make like she she, she just talks like about making make things
1: a, with like creams as bull, well she
0: like, does talk about making a bouillabaisse as well and that has potatoes in it oh so um oh that was something i wanted to point out they won best american family and the guy who gave them the best american family award when they butcher him and eat him they only make french cuisine out of his body mm-hmm. <laughs> I that was hilarious
1: oh yeah i have a specific note about the food hang on let me find uh-huh. it um,
0: I want to read Some of the stuff They make Because can, Do we agree That this, the, the dishes She cooks Are oh, hilarious it's simply
1: Their meals Are ridiculous
0: Oh my god Their meals they're are great They're so
1: like Over the top And they're like Huge And when the daughter Makes breakfast For everybody Out of
0: that, uh, Some they went to town. Guy, when her and her when her and fiance, her boyfriend. Yeah, when yeah. her and her fiance go, they Kill go a guy
1: together, and then they bring him back, and they campground. make breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her mom, they make this huge, like lavish breakfast, and mom's like, "Oh well, I guess you know." There's
0: nothing wrong with simple cooking. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well. <laughs> that's what the dad says too when they oh kill the apple God. pie salesman the mom is like this has all been a bit last a minute so I'm afraid it's not I'll read the dialogue so I'm afraid it's nothing fancy I've just oh
1: they do mention being sort of southern yeah but and she yeah. the thing
0: that she always maybe this is Texas because we have a, another famous cannibal family from Texas in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre although mm. that's based on Ed Gein who came from Wisconsin anyway uh, the mom is constantly saying stuff like oh I'm sorry this Thing is so Sorry, crappy i was i only had a few ingredients so she and she whips together these amazing meals so she goes this has all been a bit last minute so i'm afraid it's nothing fancy i've just rustled together a little kidney mousse a la quill which means uh, uh, of the house of the quill. The hu- yeah, the, yeah like the family style mousse. and then she goes she continues "Salade de confit de haunch haunches oh, humans cote marion provincial supreme marion is the name of the chef Uh, Or not the chef, the apple pie salesman's name is (laughs) Marion Offal with voulette sauce Prairie oyster surprise with mint uh, Knuckle tandoori Poached ribs au creme And some of my special eye cadgeri With uh, quick fried garlic croutons So there's a little touch of southern fried in there And the guy, the dad is like Don't be so hard on yourself, Helen There's nothing wrong (laughs) with good, plain, simple cooking Especially when you're eating al fresco." I'm like, oh my god, I love these cannibals The mom is so fucking... Fancy and shit, and then yeah, the, I wanted to yeah, read yeah find where I'll find the breakfast the one too because the, so,
1: the they're so they're so completely great. ridiculous. And at first, I Here thought that she had killed and cooked up her so fiance, did I and I was like, "Well, what?
0: you see the you see the torso, and you're like, shit." But he's and in and there's like in oh the wait, wait there's the plan So their breakfast meal, you have to vamp when I take a drink, otherwise we get sorry. Silence. That's okay. Um. Basically, she she has the daughter has a thing for big muscular dumb, dumb. jock mm-hmm. types and the parents are continually eating her boyfriends because right. they're big meaty specimens. So her dad's constantly telling her like you need to get with a skinny guy Nerdy. with bad complexion mm-hmm. who's really smart cuz so because those type of people aren't like livestock, but big dumb pretty things that mm-hmm. are like healthy.
1: Also, I think it's kind of like he is a nerdy well, I also,
0: bespectacled in a, and in a weird way I think that her dad kind of wants her to be with a, gu- a, a quote unquote good guy who's going to treat her right and I don't know we could get into that but like they're the like big dumb jock types imagine them as a husband versus like the guy in the end who's like I'm into quantum physics and I'll become a vegetarian for you or whatever like mm-hmm. maybe they would treat his daughter better I don't know there might be something going on but I might be reading too much into it because all I do now is really deeply analytical podcasts um so anyway, they cook breakfast, and uh, they, she, the, uh, her daughter's Cassandra, and she says, we thought we might give you a little break from doing all the cooking, and the mom goes, my, my, scalp stroganoff, stir-fried skin, thigh mignere, or minier Tongue crackers, awful gumbo. This is excellent, both of you. A really fine, albeit basic, breakfast banquet.
1: She's such a bitch. She's so mean to her daughter. I
0: in love. And also, I think it's interesting that her daughter sort of doesn't cook quite as French as her mother does. Her mother is in love with French cooking. The first thing we hear her say, the first food we hear her reference is bouillabas. But... um. Oh, and Adam Lau. Tell me how I did on my pronunciations of the Ooh various my. French dishes. I did my best just reading from a comic book. But um, yeah, so <laughs> this book is really funny, but maybe it's because of the uh, Chapman and Robin we did back in Maine. But cannibalism does not really go- go- like ook me out at all. Mm-mm. Maybe I've watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> too many times, but like watching them eat humans, I was like, Right on. Cool.
1: And it's also probably um, the simplistic art style is, Could you know, be. it doesn't like. get Well, your that murder at factor. the end
0: when they're killing that guy, that's oh, pretty gruesome. Yeah, like they yeah. cut his eye out and he's still alive and they the dad doesn't cut his throat deep enough and he's uh, it's that's pretty rough. But like the murder was more upsetting than the cannibalism.
1: Before we get totally off the food. Sure. Um, I have just a comment or like question. I'm not exactly sure. Um if they've been doing this for 18 years, uh-huh. at least the mom and the dad have been doing this right. for 18 years. How can how can they not figure out how to properly like butcher a body? So they don't have finger like whole fingers with the nail and the skin on, like I, floating around and stuff. In one shot, there's um when they're feeding the porpoise. There's an
0: eyeball. There's a whole eyeball. There's an
1: eyeball. There's a hat and there's the a, glasses. Like the seriously, the like what are you
0: doing? I think we can there's both. There's like
1: we're gonna just hack this up in a blender and just throw it all in. We just we don't can, even. We can both
0: agree that that might be a touch of artistic license, Um I
1: mean, we we're we're already like halfway through. We would have known. Oh, there's a people in there
0: right and they're telling us they're very right. like i like when the black guy asks if, if they can if he likes he, mm. uh, i like white meat and the guy's like the guy that yeah, they killed you was white and you. he goes well i think <laughs> we can accommodate that
1: yeah <laughs> oh it's so funny yeah um oh and speaking of those people they murder these people who are like the worst stereotype of americans they're just fat dumb Yeah, that
0: guy in the Chicago Bears throwing garbage out
1: their window, and with the little kid in the backseat. Yes, yes, yes. That's (laughs) a. What is a chocolate chip burger nugget? (laughs) And where can I get some? (laughs) Yeah this this book turns half like not even
0: at the halfway point a little bit before the halfway point this turns from like a kind of funny like maybe a poke at a light poke at Christianity but really it's just a basic cannibal comedy into a really overt criticism of America. Yeah. This becomes a, a super Super overt critique of American Culture in 1995 The dad you get the sense the family hasn't left The town that town mm-hmm. they live in for a long time And the dad's like what the hell He's I wrote down he's literally uh, Pa is Sort of a, a cannibal version of Red Foreman
1: oh I wrote Down dad is an idiot Probably my mom married him
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> I, Like I see him running around and he's you just get that sense Where he's like yeah, these kids these days, they don't understand anything. Because he's hes looking at, like, how Americans have gotten so fat and slobbish. And, like, they make that critique, like... Uh, when they're in the supermarket, they're mm-hmm. they're like, I, how can there be any room for food in these tins oh, with yeah. all these preservatives added it? They're and like the fake
1: colorants and flavorings. Yeah,
0: they have a. They seem to be really proud of the fact that they've been voted the best American family, and they're not surprised. And when Cassandra suggests that maybe they should have killed the second apple pie salesman who came looking for his partner, they're like, "What is wrong with you?
1: We don't just kill people. Yeah, we're not we're, murderers. We're not and she's like, "We
0: yeah. we kill people though." And he's like, "Yeah, we eat. We know. we kill for dinner." But we're not, we're not, we don't kill just because we're killers. Oh, Cassandra, we're Mm -hmm. so disappointed. So, can we talk about him for a second? The paw. No The second apple pie yes. salesman Yeah I got notes about oh him Just sitting Oh my god <laughs> Him sitting naked in his hotel room Just like covered in like apple pie goo Eating apple pie filling Out of like a five gallon can of apple pie Is that pies? what you think he was <laughs> I doing? I think that's apple pie filling Because he sells it
1: I know but do you think he was eating it? I thought he was like doing weird Masturbating with it. with it We're, yeah, we're about like, to talk about
0: know. Lost Girls We can talk about some weird I, sex but stuff But I don't
1: know if he was like Jerking off, or it's just like I'm slathering, just like rubbing his body, his body. He's covered he, in you it. You see him in a tub. He's full seen, of he's like, <laughs> later,
0: he's in. He's soaking in a <laughs> tub full of apple pie so like, it's disgusting, and there's pages <laughs> floating in it. This guy is like the most disgusting uh, drawing of a human being. He's so great, though. I love when he's talking to his wife, too, and he's like, come on, you know you're the only filling I want in my pastry
1: (laughs) when she accuses him of cheating. oh oh Dude, he's and then he like goes totally off the rails later well he gets and wendigo syndrome right he and, literally yeah go ahead and sorry. yells at her is like i hate you and i hate gone. our son
0: he's <laughs> just bitching about how much he hates his life and his family is like you fucking people
1: but on that first call with her he's done a bit of digging quote unquote and he's found out that Two thousand three hundred and twenty four people have I, gone missing around Churchill in the last eighteen years. How come I did he did the math oh, sorry, can go ahead. figure how can he figure this out and the fucking police can't figure it out? He's a, an apple pie salesman. Maybe no one's bothered to look. And they do. Because they're the best family ever. They get a lot of transients, although
0: they talk early on that they don't kill people who are on drugs. They literally shop for like healthy humans, they don't want like preservatives or chemicals in their meat. Um, but yeah it, that's
1: why my dad is like feeling up her boyfriend at boyfriend's the bicep yeah. He's like oh yeah you're tough and i bet you don't do drugs.
0: I thought that and he's like no sir clean. No. And they're so clean dumb cuz yeah. i want
1: to be a professional tennis, tennis player.
0: <laughs> I think it's really funny. Um one of the things i thought was really funny about the that number that they he gives mm-hmm. Is that mean I did the math Cause I was like Did they So they kill Do they kill a person Every day for dinner That's one per On a, It's very, like a really rough estimate It's like one person Every three days So they make a person That is a lot of meat But a, one You know like a whole animal For four people For every meal And they do go to the mm-hmm. grocery store too So mom can get the other ingredients And spices she needs To make her stuff But I thought that That was pretty interesting Um yeah, so do you want to keep talking about Apple Pie Salesman and his Wendigo Syndrome that he gets? Because I thought that was a really cool... He has an, He has a little arc.
1: He does, yeah. Where he starts
0: out and he like... Bec-
1: I, I was surprised at how much um, depth and nuance there was in this... Um, comic in general? Comic. Yeah, it was only like 56 pages, I think I counted. Um, it could be. And they managed to weave a lot of different yeah, threads so. in there together. Like you find out that the daughter is not... Dad's daughter, right? And there's clues, and they don't just yeah.
0: and they don't just like spring it on you all of a sudden. There's actually clues to this. There's oh, I gotta ask you about this. Dad, Dad's hair is not red. Mom's hair is red, and when we find out, they're gonna go meet. But it's not like red, red. It's like a. She has like an it's like auburn. Well, I mean, it's yeah. pretty red there. She's got orange hair. Strawberry blonde. So when she goes to, when they go to meet the mayor guy, <laughs> we see his picture and he has red hair. So before we ever get like confirmation that something fishy's going on, we have the visual cues that show us that.
1: Well, and they have Cassie's, that conversation about like, oh, well, you guys used to run off a lot to sleep, and right, I was that, like,
0: that's pretty overt. Dad, Dad, Dad is really stupid. dense. Stupid. Yeah, that was pretty dense. Although, how dense is he? Because he actually he figures he it figures out. Figures it out. Yeah, he's like, I don't. He even says, he's like, I don't think Cass- uh, Cassandra's my daughter. Right. So, I mean, they throw that little subplot in there, and it doesn't slow the story down mm-hmm. or be weird or hinder anything. Um, what, did you, what did you want okay, to talk about?
1: yeah. What is he? Did he just it's a little bribe apple a cop with an, with an apple pie? pie?
0: Yeah, it's a little like apple apple pie it's pastry like thing.
1: That's ridiculous yeah. and, the and he cop, has it like Under his suspenders.
0: Yeah he shows it to him He's got it like A he's watch like, under his coat Basically Where he's basically He, he, he does that thing Where Wanna it,
1: buy a pie Right it's where you <laughs> Hand the
0: cop Your driver's license But there's $500 Underneath it You know except It's an apple pie And his suspenders And then the cop Is like Oh well baby Maybe you better Give me another yeah, apple pie And I'll give you Some information no. <laughs> <laughs> apple pie This is the page That I want to read This is the one I was talking about Um they go to the big city They're in I think this is in Illinois It's kind of like A stand-in for Chicago It kind of looks like A stand-in for Chicago mm-hmm. For me um, I'm not sure If it is Illinois or Don't not Don't they see
1: Springfield Or something like that
0: uh, They're in They drive Let me see if I can find it It's, when they, it's the first time They drive into like yeah, That really poor part of town It's kind
1: of rough looking um,
0: It's Oh, it's Hopesville, Ohio. Oh, Hopesville. Hopesville, Ohio, and uh, it's a total shithole. Uh, so there's a uh, there's a Ohio. They go into a grocery, uh, like a, a convenience store, to do a little grocery shopping for <laughs> right. for their cooking, right? And the place gets stuck up by a black guy and a white guy. They they stick the joint up, and it turns into a hostage situation because Paul comes over and he's like, "What are you young gentlemen doing?" He said, I mean, "This line is literally. I'm sure I can persuade these good gentlemen to put a stop to this madness." And the guys, they basically take because Pa's a good Catholic and believes in the good and right. everybody. They take everybody hostage, and I think that it's really interesting. This I'll read both sides because you said you didn't want to read the lady <sighs> character, but this, this you got to remember. This comic book is 1995. This was done 23 years ago, right? So the lady, there's a lady telecaster outside, and she's, she's reading into the camera, and she says, Three hours into this hostage situation and still no outcome in sight. The hostage takers are demanding a Japanese car, an American Express Platinum card, and a lawyer to sue their parents for emotional abuse. As we speak, police are flying in Oprah Winfrey to assist with the negotiations. Any further developments, Sergeant Grady? And Sergeant Grady says... Well, we'd like to stress that we're not talking <laughs> conflict here. Hmm. We'd like to build a platform on which we can interface with these people. He's Canadian.
1: <laughs> I thought he was. He was to be Irish. He was
0: Irish at first, but He's my Irish ac- Canadian. My accent has slid into into Canadian. <laughs> Uh, we'd like to build a platform on which we can interface with these people. He's in Ohio, so he's pretty close to Michigan, which means (laughs) he's kind of close to Canada. We'd like to build a platform on which we can interface with these people who are at present challenged liberty-wise. Apparently, they threatened to shoot the shopkeeper's ass off, Sergeant. I think we're dealing with denial here. I think we're talking about an attempt at empowerment. Uh, They also said, and I quote, any fucker comes near us and we start shooting, that includes you, you fat Irish faggot. I think we can see how these people in their language, now he's Irish again, he's been named Irish, I think we can see how these people in their language are victims of a phallocentric, homophobic, white male-dominated society. One of the hostage takers is a white male, sir. I don't think we want to start bandying around terms like white or male until we're in full possession of the facts. That's all. What in the fuck? How is this a ni- comic book from 1995? This could have been written yesterday by some like by some smartass image comic book. Like, yeah. how fucking apt is that? This like a snapshot of now. <laughs> and what makes me really sad is. This is kind of they talk about uh, the the daughter makes a reference to Bushism and Reaganomics or the mm-hmm. mom does um, like Bushism and why the city is gone to shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is basically like at, even in 1995, they're pointing out these issues we're making fun of and talking about have been going on for ages mm-hmm. and they're. Still talking about it here. And in 2018, as we read this comic, we're still dealing with exactly the same thing. So it's still funny and I heartbreaking. Mean. <laughs> I mean, literally, he's like, the next page is, uh, I don't want Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. I want Arsenio Hall. And the other guy goes, I want Dan Letterman. I always like Dan Letterman, which is funny because that's two comics in a row now that have had Dave Letterman jokes in them.
1: Oh, did they say Dan Letterman cuz I definitely read Dave Letterman. They said Dan
0: Letterman. I always liked <laughs> Dan Letterman. And That's the other funny. guy goes, "Shut up, fool. Letterman don't do hostage situations. He's more of a computer fraud man." I like this. Think about I this. I thought this is so weird. Like
1: they're just like, "I'm going to talk to any celebrity I want to." And the cops are like, "Yeah, you are."
0: Right, but I mean, think about what? like they they refuse to talk to anybody until they have their lawyers present and an agent. They want an agent present as well. Someone from the CAA. They want like they're like angling for reality TV deals or something. They're they're angling at celebrity. They're looking for their 15 minutes of fame. This is a conversation that we're having now mm, is yeah. with like the the mass shooters mm-hmm. talking about how they're there. A lot of times they're just angling for some attention. news some attention and yeah. news coverage like Can you believe that this is still... This comic that we read from 95 isn't just like an artifact. This is still a living piece of art that still comments on art culture today. And
1: Pop is like, hey, you guys should just be eaters. (laughs) And they're like,
0: okay. And they're like, that sounds great. So they literally do that. They become cannibals. We don't like that word, eaters. I like that the name of the television station is Shopping Television News. (laughs) Yeah, that's the name of the station. It's in that panel right there. Um, do, do, do i don't see it it's right here oh she i says see it it's yeah, me for it. shopping television news dublin um, illinois i mean we we get even crazier stuff later when we finally meet shay the mm. the mayor of san diego and yes. his
1: He's up he's, for re-election and his he's, like campaign manager assistant. He's, yeah, he's making
0: um, racist jokes about Mexicans and oh his campaign God, manager's like, worst. you need to, you can't just say stuff like that. And he's like, if people are offended by that, fuck them. And he's like, no. And he says, the line I wrote it down. He goes, Shay, we fuck them after they vote for us. It's called politics. Right, right. I was but like, "Ooh." if you just made him fat and gave him a comb over, that guy's Donald Trump. Yeah, he is. This comic is stunningly And correct. He said that he ate people <laughs> at one time. One time. How do we know Donald Trump didn't? There you go. He could be a cannibal, we, true. you know, allegedly. Oh, I don't know nice. what you have to say to avoid a, <laughs> a lawsuit for libel. <laughs> Let's just say allegedly. Um,
1: Wait, the, is slander isn't it? Because we actually said it, or is?
0: Uh, yeah, in libels writing? in print, so it's it would be slander. So we're not <laughs> meaning to slander anybody because we don't know for a fact that he did eat people. I'm just saying it's very probable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh i feel so bad for this um
0: oh the other apple pie salesman guy
1: no the girl cassandra um, yeah
0: she just wants to fuck
1: she just yeah she just wants to get laid and have a boyfriend <laughs> and her
0: parents keep eating them and she's like
1: you guys don't understand i just want to bang And her
0: parents are like well that's Not very Catholic of you. (laughs) We're gonna keep eating your boyfriends.
1: Dad has no idea and mom's just kinda like, yeah, could do that.
0: (laughs) Well, I like I like when he when we to jump back to the second apple pie salesman, when he's on the plane and he's like, I just want pork and she gives it to him and he's like, This, this isn't pork. Like and she's like, It totally is pork, and he realizes that he's been eating people. And then the next time we see him, he has gone completely batshit, fucking totally off the nuts. rails. He's just mm-hmm. like walking around stepping on apple pies. He's covered in apple pie filling from he's like
1: just in his underwear. Head yeah. to
0: toe. He has the creepiest mustache you've ever seen. And he's talking about how much he hates his son. It's <laughs> it's so amazing because that's actually what Wendigo Syndrome does to you. Wendigo Syndrome makes you crave human flesh and then eventually you lose your don't mind.
1: Don't you overheat too? Is that like why he's naked?
0: I don't know. That's a good uh. question. He's not naked at the end, but he basically is like, you guys made me into a cannibal, but he's somehow, he's happy with it. I don't know. What What did you think of this comic on the whole?
1: Um, I actually really enjoyed it. So did I.
0: So did I. I do
1: have one more comment before we wrap up. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so mom and dad call each other Honey chunks and badger face
0: <laughs> <laughs> Honey chunks you and badger face No I picked it up Honey chunks and badger yeah, face. Yeah, the wife
1: is badger face and the husband is honey chunks. <laughs> that's
0: adorable. We have another couple we'll talk about today who don't mention each other's names. They refer to each other as old thing.
1: Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, oh. There are
0: these ads in these comics. Did you see the X Files ad?
1: Yes, I was like, oh my god, they're so it's,
0: young! It's for X Files trading cards and the trading card that's in the bottom corner, that woman stuffed into the plumbing under the toilet. That's such cool Ooh. art. I want that fucking yeah. card. That looks great. And the other ad that I really loved, uh, we're, are we done with that comic? Yeah, we're done. Me too. I loved it. I highly recommend it. So one more time. The Eaters, 1995, written by Peter Milligan, art by Dean Ormston. Damn it. Sorry. Sorry, artist. Dean Ormston. Yeah. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it a bunch Have of Have a less shitty last name. Yeah, Dean Ormston. <laughs> I don't know why we're jumping on him. I kind of liked your art, Bird didn't so much. There's a, there's a sexy-ass She-Hulk ad in this Daredevil comic. What? Here, I'll find what? her. Oh, dude, Aww. she got that She-Hulk booty going strong.
1: And we're talking about uh, Daredevil's Zings-a-Bam. Blood of Tarantula. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a
0: great ad. Okay, so yeah, we uh, the second issue we did from, uh, it came from the short box, is Daredevil Blood of the Tarantula, 2008. It is a one-shot, self-contained, written by... Ed Brubaker and Andy Parks Ed Brubaker is like the best crime writer comic ever And you get that vibe here When we were dealing with drug cartels Why are you making those faces? Mm. Um, The art was done by Chris Samney And colors by Matt Hollingsworth I know that name, Matt Hollingsworth But I don't know why What did you think Mm. of this comic?
1: Meh Just meh? Uh, all capital letters. Meh. Meh. What did you think I actually wrote?
0: <laughs> what did you think of the art in particular? I like the first couple pages. Um,
1: I feel so-so about the art. I don't like the line work, and the coloring is very basic, early 2000s digital coloring. Yeah, you're, Meh. Not,
0: you're actually not far off on that. I said... Yeah. I. I yeah, thought- they don't
1: even have, like, great shadow work. There's not, like, distinct... Colors, stuff, something about happening. The, it's all just really muted and something about blah. the
0: art bothered me here as well, which mm. is his tattoos.
1: Yeah. How they co- never like make them distinct. I don't and, know. Like, this Go is ahead. a specific design, or like this is a very recognizable prison tattoo, or like this is a gang tattoo. The only one that I really recognize is the, was the one of his son. Yeah, and I was like, come and that's on! Only this really you... could let us into his
0: character more. And that's only because you need to see it in that moment. But we—he's—he's we, he's got his shirt off for like half the issue, and if you're gonna—it's just like scribbles. Yeah, you can't. It looks. I thought it at first. I thought it first I thought at first that he was really hairy. Oh, I thought oh. it was like body hair all over But then I saw Ew. like some patterns And it's his tattoos are Horribly done Um I thought that the art Not I mean obviously I'm not an artist So I have no room did to critique Did you notice that he was
1: like drooling in this panel
0: I did notice that his when he's screaming at his wife And she's like don't do this test," And there's like spit coming off his bottom lip yes, I, don't so know I, was what, like, I don't know what that was about I thought that the art got a little bit lazy as the issue Progressed um I thought this, but I thought that the layouts were good. I liked the the way that it was laid out. There was, yeah. I think, part of what I what I liked about this issue was just I haven't read a superhero comic in a really long time, um, and just continuing that run mm-hmm. of superhero comics. I was like, we're back. It's superheroes.
1: Yeah. Um, I really liked his um character design. The costume. Yeah, the costume is awesome. It has um, when he
0: is the tarantula.
1: Yes, it uh-huh. kind of has the vibe of Black Panther to me. You know, just a very a simple bit. black costume like, with little touches. I like
0: the ridges. There are ridges in his back where the, like the spider legs come over, which I think is oh, cool because hi. it kind of, it would, in reality, it would be practical as well because it would protect the back of the your neck. Spine, yeah, the yeah. base of your neck where your spine is kind of, um, what is that?
1: Whatever. Um, got a weird growth on the back of his head in this one where he's throwing a Bouncy it's his horse
0: thing. It's his uh, uh, ponytail under his cowl. Oh. You know, I, speaking of the bouncy horse thing, I know he has been injected with a serum and has superpowers, but I am not a huge fan of just super strength as a superpower. hmm. Because there's something about seeing like a muscular guy. Like when the Punisher does something that makes him really strong, you're like, yeah, because he's super strong and he's worked really hard to get there, and you know, it it's a t- it takes a toll on him. But just seeing a guy like snap the chains off of the off the like he rips a, a swings down, he just pulls yeah. the chains apart, and seeing him like snap a big spring off, I'm like, eh, it feels like
1: cheating a little. And I don't know anything about this character. Yeah, I mean, So, neither. like the origin story that's happening in here, and then like seeing all the like magical um, right healing Ritual powers that he has. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, huh?
0: They dug into the, the honestly. I won't even really get. We could it summarize the plot. It sort of seems plot, like but...
1: another Black Panther type thing. There's like some sort of family tradition thing that's being right. handed down. Some sort of like magical thing. Yeah, they, he
0: drinks from a cup and takes the mantle of the tarantula, who's like a protector of a heroin cartel, I think. Yeah, what? But then he decides to leave his home and come to ostensibly New York City. Yes. Oh yeah, cuz that's where Daredevil yes. is. So he comes to New York City and instead becomes the protector of the barrio, which I don't know, man. I was like this the story was okay, and you've kind of tainted me a little bit with how mad you thought it was. I like the character,
1: and I would read something
0: that was just him. That was
1: just him. I didn't really understand like the tie in together. Like I know they each have like their little corner in the of same, New York, They're in the
0: same neighborhood, is basically but, it.
1: And and Matt Murdoch seems so like aloof. He seems kind of I don't in really this give too. a fuck he about. He literally
0: just looks like a guy who like He's
1: just like moping around in his apartment. And he does, does that a lot
0: in the issues we've read. Um, I really don't have much for this one. I, I would I would say give it a pass if you're gonna try and track it down. It's fun to it's. There's some good art to it. The story is interesting, but I, I want more if I'm gonna. Maybe it was a way to introduce the character and I was just, I just missed what came after because I was just bought it as a single issue. I think the best part of the issue is the She-Hulk ad.
1: <laughs> she got a
0: booty in <laughs> yeah. that shot. All right, so let's move. That ends our segment. It came from the short box. Let's get into Lost Girls. We've got just two chapters today. And as per usual, what you let's just generally right off the top. What do you think of these two chapters? Um, I was blown away. I was I really excited love to get further in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, ahead, and just and yeah. just
1: kind of get to know the two players that we have had introduced a little bit better right um, kind of get a little bit more backstory there um, and then be introduced to the new third there's supposed to be three girls right in the, chapter our main three. Th- that's
0: my first note for chapter three mm-hmm. all of our players have arrived because yeah. there are three there are three main girls there are going to be repeat um, uh, recurring tertiary characters mm-hmm. I suspect but those are our three main storytellers who are gonna take us through this the okay. meat of yeah. the story. Um so chapter 3 did you pick up on who this is I There's enough there are enough clues have a here suspicion
1: but okay. I'm not 100% about it.
0: I I've read ahead so I know who it is but looking back there are enough clues in this chapter that you could figure mm. it out. Um and in order to talk about this chapter I have to spoil who it is. So Can is I that, guess? Yeah.
1: Is it Belle and the Beast. No,
0: oh. it is Wendy from Peter Pan.
1: What? Wendy Moira, Angela
0: Darling. Um, not in this comic. They're well, no, they're Dorothy's red the hair. me well, yeah. up. I know, but you can't take, you can't do Disney princess roles on these. It's like Sorry. they're they're interchangeable, and we determine who they are by their hair color. <laughs> um. Here's the clue, by the way, and once you spot it, it mm-hmm. unlocks the issue. Because this issue is really dense and strange for me.
1: Mm-hmm. I, Here, can we open this so we can yeah, look absolutely. At it? Okay. okay,
0: so we went okay. right to chapter three. Um, so the and again, the artwork is so
1: beautiful. It's gorgeous. Oh my God, it's so yeah, beautiful. yeah. Specifically, I want to talk about um something in, I think it's chapter three. It might be chapter four. No, it's chapter four. Okay, so I we'll- definitely want to talk about it because okay. I just think it's the most beautiful thing.
0: All right, um. So in chapter three, this is Wendy. The she's the Wendy from Peter Pan. So we now mm-hmm. have our three players. We have Alice from Alice in Wonderland. We have Dorothy from mm-hmm. the Wizard of Oz, yep. and Wendy from Peter Pan. And those are our, going to be our POV characters who take us through their their fairy tale sexual mm-hmm. awakenings essentially. Yeah. But this issue has no actual sex in it. Nope. There is no literal. Erotica in this. This is this book is all erotica. There's the only the only sex or there's erotica
1: inside erotica. (laughs) Right.
0: So that's what I I have it right here. Um. There's a line. Okay. So basically, what this issue covers is they uh, uh, they're the Potters now because she's taken her husband's name. Mm -hmm. Mister and Missus Potter show up. Mister Potter is. You're raising your hand. Go ahead.
1: Um. Real quick before we start digging in. Yeah. Um. I noticed something. Mm-hmm. It's called the Hotel Himmelgarten. Yeah. Garten. Himmelgarten. Um, which, uh, with my crappy vestiges of German right. from high school, um, Himmel is heaven and Garten is garden. So it could be like the garden Heaven's Eden. Garden or Heavenly Garden or Garden of Heaven. Really so,
0: interesting, because I actually have a note about the the garden, the grotto that she was mm-hmm. walking through. Anyway, um, the potter's basic huh, overview. I wonder if that's also maybe a reference to a vagina. Interesting, because they also refer to it as that. Anyway, we'll get into that in a second, but we need to give mm-hmm. some we need to give the people a frame of reference. Sorry. The Potter's show up. They're led to their room. We find out pretty quickly that Mister Potter is a cold fish. Essentially,
1: dick. He does
0: not care about sex at all. He doesn't care. Seem to care about his wife really at all.
1: He calls her old girl, like she's an old old horse. She
0: calls him old thing. She or she calls her no. He calls her old thing at the end. Not even old. Not even a person or old thing. He calls her. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I hate him. Now, that's an, but that nickname is important. That's an important clue. Because remember what's part of the whole Peter Pan thing? I don't want to, I don't want to grow up. Mm-hmm. Or like, I'll never grow up. And you just decide not to grow up and you don't. Mm-hmm. But when you grow up, you can't hang out with Peter Pan anymore. Right. So, old thing is important. She has become old. Same thing. We saw it with she's Alice. She's not
1: old, though. Right. She's still young and sexy. But she's grown, she's a yeah, gross old man. Yes.
0: But she's grown up. And the same thing with Alice. When she's grown, she doesn't have access to that that world anymore. Right. So I think that's important. But the big clue is the shadows.
1: Yes. Yep, because yep, in yep, Peter yep, Pan,
0: yep. Peter's shadow is alive. And mm-hmm. it's it's a truer expression of himself
1: than he is. It's I think that then this is like the opposite almost. What do you mean? How Peter Pan's shadow is truer. I think no. they're
0: Oh, go ahead. But I'm gonna get I'm gonna disagree with you hard here in a second. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I feel like um they don't have sex often, if ever, and if they do, it's because he's like, I want to have sex with you because I feel like she is not attracted to him at all.
0: I think that they both desperately want to fuck. I think they're there because what do we what is each he, other? They, they just want sex. It doesn't matter. They're mm-hmm. so repressed. Mm-hmm. They're both. Buttoned to the neck constantly These people are buttoned to the neck and like "Eh," Like the most puritanical when they Get there we get the sense That he called ahead and asked for Two two beds Mm -hmm. double beds Rather than a single twin and he goes Oh I thought I asked for a single Twin sorry honey I guess we'll just Make do they're they're so Fucking like puritanical Mm -hmm. And like they don't touch each other they Hardly talk All he talks about is his work, work and adding figures and his like German ship designing business. Right. Mm -hmm. He's like corporate worlds type stuff. But what does he actually do in the whole issue? He looks in that
1: erotica, probably jerks
0: it. He reads porn. He sits there and is fascinated by erotica and reads erotica. Very Aubrey Beardsley. You're Mm -hmm. totally right. But um,
1: he kind of looks like Sean Connery here, and I feel kind of bad for hating him, but I'm just like justifying it by, no, he's just an ugly Sean Connery. <laughs> okay.
0: But but wait. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. All
1: right. So um, this panel, he's talking shit about like work and whatnot. And she's like, I hate you. And yeah. she's looking back at him. She's looking out at this garden, which is totally gorgeous. Mm. And we get a panel of just the garden with this like arch right. of greenery. Uh, vagina? Well, I'm wondering that, but also I'm wondering if it maybe
0: has something to do a with- A
1: portal the, of some kind? A
0: portal. Uh, I say this in my other podcast so often that Carl makes fun of me for it. That's Measuring Flicks. You can go check it out on iTunes if you want. But I, it's, I think it's a liminal space. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we're going to- what does this look like to you?
1: I the, thought it looked like a vagina. The so.
0: whole what, now think back to the entire first issue. What does that look like? The to mirror? You? Yeah, mm, I think that yeah. this is in in Watchmen, another Alan Moore comic. Mm-hmm. the The most famous issue is the Rorschach issue.
1: She is so fucking thirsty in these panels.
0: If you <laughs> are you using that term now?
1: Yes. If
0: you this is a, this is really interesting. If you take single issue Rorschach and fold it where the staples go. Mm-hmm. The entire book is a. every page is a mirror of the oh, other pages. It's completely reversed. So Alan Moore is very, very, very cognizant of like panel layout and page layout. I think this is meant to be her mirror. Gotcha. And she, her longing for that thing that she used to have when she mm-hmm. was younger. And so she's looking out and seeing it. And we are in the same position where we sit like, I mean, come on. There's the yeah. table. There's the mirror. Mm-hmm. There's the frame. Yeah, I get you. So, this, this, yeah, this represents her longing to get back Mm -hmm. to that, I think. And the, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. The the drawing, the illustration itself is so beautiful. But he sits there and while she goes for
1: a walk in the garden.
0: Right. Yeah. She goes for a walk in the garden and he reads erotica. Now, keep that in mind. She's going for a walk in the garden. Flip the page. Uh, Hang on. I just noticed the, um,
1: the little people on the ends of the, um, Uh, The bed frame. They have like a brass um, headboard and footboard, and there's like little knobs on the top Uh corners. But they're not knobs. They're like people having sex. And I think this one's like a demon. Yeah, maybe this.
0: There, that stuff is all over.
1: Yeah, I noticed it too. In the the erotica, are people having
0: sex? There's, it's everywhere. Like it's really, really this. This book oozes this. the, The the the. The location. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I feel like the Himmelgarten is designed for people to come here and have sex. I don't think
0: it's just that.
1: I think it's a place for people to come and
0: sort of... What's the word? I should know this word. There's a word for people who are hedonists. I think the Himmelgarten is sort of a place for hedonism place
1: of pleasures yeah it's a mm-hmm. place
0: yeah sensual pleasures it literally if you guys you guys should watch Penny Dreadful it's so fucking good oh but it's so good this is Dorian Gray's place mm-hmm. essentially you yeah. come there and there's nothing that's off limits you know what I mean and it's everything
1: not, is lavish and lush and everything is beautiful but it's not and it's not overt though because
0: we talked about it last week this isn't a porny book this is not porn it's all about the I mean, sensual experience. Yeah, this is this smut.
1: Porny is porn. <laughs> they,
0: they include smut in here because that's we talked about it last week again, um, in episode forty-five. The white books that are in mm-hmm. instead of a Bible, every room has a book of smut. Essentially, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that stuff is very porny. But stay here for a second. Stay with mm-hmm. me. Stay with yeah. me. Um, I want to read this chunk of dialogue right here. So Missus Potter just went out for a walk in the garden. I'm reading directly from the smut from the room, which is cool because they do it in. Um, it's not even grayscale; it's monochrom- monochromatic, black and white. Yep, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: it's like Aud- Aubrey Beardsley's style is right. the smut,
0: and it's so cool. It, these these sections are so cool, mm-hmm. but um, so I I'm-
1: love. I just love the detail. I love it. It's gorgeous.
0: I think it's important to... uh, Anyway, but yeah. So let me read this little section. Um, Basically, it's an illustration with a paragraph underneath it. Mm -hmm. That's the format of the smut that he's reading. So we get to read it with him. And this is the last paragraph from the page that we read. Um, Rosalie tilled her queen's most private cove, nor shirked to lap the dew from off the curling fronds that ringed the fragrant dell. We're getting a lot of... Like
1: again, this forest, this, this image, but but wait,
0: undaunted by that twilight grotto or its mysteries. And the next image we see is Mrs. Potter walking in a twilight grotto mm-hmm. a literal one, not a f- yeah. figurative vagina. But your image of that, that, that bower that she mm-hmm. sees as a vagina, Ta-da! she literally, she's in it. yeah, she's walking around in a, the metaphor that we just read. Alan Moore is such a fucking <laughs> amazing writer. It's ridiculous. How incredible is that? He strung together a metaphor over three pages, and if you were just casually reading it, I, I didn't pick up on this and until I read this for today. And links back
1: to the sex in the previous chapter as well, in with what the way? man and the woman in the garden. Yes, and his description of everything—the the dew or the scent of the forest and the scent of her sex—I think he calls it. And they're just kind of repeating that same theme again here, like the very sensual, sensory. Yeah. yeah.
0: The the writing and the art in this book is sort of, it sort of all works cohesively together to create a total sensual experience. Because when they're having sex, there's like, we can really quick, let me do a note from chapter four, because it's very Mm -hmm. relevant to what we're talking about right now. And we're going to talk about chapter four today anyway. When she... Says se- mentions the scent of poppies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm watching the time too. We're uh, we're under an hour still.
1: Oh no, I was just worried about feeding the dogs. Oh,
0: um, she mentions the scent of poppies as um, Mrs. Fair as uh, Lady Fairchild is going down on her. So again, we have the scent of nature of a plant, specifically of a flower this time, as Lady Fairchild is. Going down on her and the metaphor, mm-hmm. what's the big metaphor for the vagina is a flower. flower. We see, we actually see in chapter four and not here in chapter four, we'll see the the flower as vagina metaphor repeatedly. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he keeps giving us like scent and visual Cues from nature allegories. Yeah. yeah, he'll talk about the grotto, or he'll talk about the cove, and he'll mention the dew, and we can use all these nature metaphors to look at the sex obliquely, so that we're we're getting a central experience rather than that gonzo porn we talked about it last time. Yeah. Rather than just being like Alan Moore's writing dick and P and V, and like we're not getting that. Mm-hmm. He's creating this. Oh my God, I love this book. Mm-hmm. So again, uh, I didn't ask you yet, but I, I asked you this last week. Sexy? Yeah It's so fucking sexy I actually
1: love this scene Right here
0: Me too It's
1: voyeurism again It It is Came up again Well
0: the voyeurism that I mentioned We'll get it next week And we'll see it But this is the woman Who is being chided For being a voyeur In next week's episode When we get to those But we'll talk about Hmm. that We'll talk about that next week Anyway she, she's walking in, she's walking through the grotto, Mrs. Potter is, and the sun has set and she gets back to the hotel and. And it's dark. It's dark, but there's a window lit. And this is the bellhop it's from the their porter. room. It's the yes. porter from their room. Yeah. And the porter pulls his shade up because with the shade is, or no. Does he he pull pulls up? the
1: shade down pulls, and his shadow is cast upon the,
0: and again, yeah, shadow, shadows. Again. Especially yeah, with Wendy, yeah. so the porter pulls his shade down so she can see his outline, and he undresses in front of the window and turns in profile so that
1: can she see can everything. see everything. Yeah,
0: and she's like, in, in, she's watching, entranced, is scandalized, and then runs inside, like toward the safety of the lights. Or does know, she Or does she run into the uh, extremely <laughs> vaginal door mm. front doors? I mean, come on, right? She wants him bad. She does, yeah. And then, then we get what is. Perhaps my favorite scene.
1: Yes. Oh, this is a lot of fun. The shadow. And play. I didn't even notice it at first. Really? And then I, when I noticed it, I was like, wait a second. I noticed it
0: here. This is the first time I noticed it. Even yes. Even though, like, right here, come
1: on. Right. It's, He's like, so hey.
0: I we're gonna describe this as best we can, but let's take a moment, you and I, to reiterate mm-hmm. to our listeners.
1: Buy this book. You should buy <laughs>
0: this book. If you, I mean, if you're easily offended by erotica, you haven't listened this far because we're describing sex acts and we're taking a lot of pleasure in this amazing Victorian-esque erotica. But I'm telling you, this book is worth owning. This book is incredible. And if you do a deep read like Bert and I have been forced to do by this podcast, Mm -hmm. I mentioned it to you today. I read these two chapters and then moved on. But when Mm -hmm. I reread them for today, I didn't know that this was Wendy until I I wrote down this note. I can see the moment where it clicked. I said, the only erotica we get is in the book and in the shadows slash imagination. And seeing shadows and imagination together, I was like, that's a major theme of Peter Pan. And I'm like, oh shit, it's Wendy. (laughs) And then the shadows make so much more sense. Yes, If you do a deep reading of this book, it... It can just oh my god I love it, this book. It unfolds. It does. It unfolds. It blossoms. grows it like a flower in the morning dew. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's so good though. Okay, so
1: this so, is this is why
0: I argue that their shadows are a better representation of their like inner selves. But you mm. were going to say something. So you you go cuz I talk a lot.
1: Um I feel like this is like what she wants. Okay. But she's not going to get. Sure. Um and I, I don't feel like he cuz she's the one who puts the light down.
0: That's true. So she um, she she gener- puts the light source in a way that will cast their shadows up on the wall. Right.
1: Okay. Um and I feel like he's totally like out, checked out of it, really. Um but I feel like she wants sexy sex and she's not getting it.
0: Well, the other thing, though, is mm-hmm. Peter Pan's shadow. He's very sprightly, but his shadow is ex- the like he's
1: naughty. His
0: shadow is naughty and also like the the maximum amount of mischievous mm-hmm. that is he's capable of, essentially. So what I'm thinking, because if you look at their dynamic here. It even makes sense with their characters. We've seen her sort of be like simpering and subservient throughout mm-hmm. the thing. She's yeah. totally like laced up and very like kowtows to him, right? Oh, yeah. And he's very like, well, Gloucester, I have lots of German ships and trade routes. And look at what the shadows are doing. She goes down on her knees and he is shoulders back, chin up, and she's in a subservient position. So they're actually still playing their roles. Mm. They're still in character. Mm-hmm. And then... Not as not not necessarily as equals. I don't know if you want to look at it that way, but he takes her from behind. Yeah. You know what mm. I mean? So like she's lower, lesser. They, yeah. they all
1: they don't face each other like equals. The yeah. shadows
0: seem to represent like the their sort of sex in a, in a world where they were utterly uninhibited. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if they could just let all this like tight laced shit drop away, mm-hmm. this is what would happen. I think that this represents their desire in a way because he he mm. watched po- he or not watched he read porn mm-hmm. while she was gone. He sat yeah. there and just read this smut, enthralled. And he does he he still or he like just finished it when she gets back. Mm-hmm. He tucks it away. Right. And she went out and, <laughs> went, and she went walking out in this vaginal bower essentially, and then watched the porter undress and got all hot and bothered. They are both sexual beings. But they're so uh, – I wrote a note. I want to get it. Um, I think that it's also important – I think that the, the – I think it's about repression. And here's more evidence. The smut that he reads, because Alan Moore doesn't do anything by accident or lightly. In the porn that he's reading, they snuff out candles that are penis-shaped. And they use the snuffed out candles as dildos on right. each other. <laughs> it's really fun. Guys, it's, it's fun. fun. It's really fun. You, it's, it's super funny. Um. So but when they snuff out the dildos And more and more people get involved And the sex ramps up As things become more radical And more sexually permissive As people unbutton And like at one point a guy One of the males in the smut Wants to be basically pegged By mm-hmm. one of these dildos
1: mm-hmm.
0: And he's what I think he's the last That guy like the the most Aberrant sexual act is the last Dildo to go And uh, things become more sexually permissive in the dark but also the hiding away of sexual fantasy the burial of desire in darkness repression erotic pleasures only imagined because there's a line I I wish I had it in front of me actually if you want to talk for a second I'll find it because there's a line that literally says only left to the imagination let me see if I can find it really
1: quick um yeah I I really liked the art in those pages and I liked um Realizing what was going on partway through, and then having to go back and re-read um, those panels, um, but there is one panel in there where, like, the drooping cock sort of thing, when and the, has, like when
0: the band falls off, and is it ma- that
1: what that is supposed to be?
0: Yeah, because you can see oh. it, the band is on it right there, and the you can see it falling oh. off there. So there's a drip like he's calm. I know, I thought that was like too much. No, well the band falls off. So the shadow is there. They they cross their eyes and dot their goddamn T's, I'm telling you. But here's my last my last evidence for the idea that this is in them. This sex is in them, but they've buried it in darkness mm-hmm. right here.
1: And you see the last panel of that page is a black panel.
0: Uh, which one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. here, like full darkness. Mhm. So once again everything is swept under. And I, I like too that even though this is the this is darkness, and we've seen Oh, we didn't even describe it. What we're seeing is there's a lantern on the ground and they are doing innocuous things. Mm-hmm. She's getting things out of a drawer and he's looking for a scroll and then he's holding a scroll at waist height and she's bending down to do some mending. But their shadows on the wall behind them Sexy are time, they jazz. look like sex acts. She's when she bends down on her knees to get her her sewing kit he's standing and holding the scroll and their shadows it looks like his dick is in her face essentially
1: and she even makes an mm sound
0: later on yeah when well, she does here when, too uh right because what he's saying mm. he says something and like that's like oh you know how there's always something you've always dreamed of doing and she says mm but when you look at the shadows it tells a different story mm-hmm she is threading a needle with her hands up and it looks like she's rubbing the tip of his dick, but it's, again, it's just the shadow of Mm -hmm. the scroll. And basically their shadows have sex while they completely and utterly ignore each other in real life. Yeah. That's what we're seeing. And the last, now I'm going to jump back one page. The last page of the smut that he read as the last candle goes out and everyone is experienced, everyone is fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Everyone is in their moment of sexual expression. This is the last paragraph. We leave our knight and his enchanted queen to their night, sprawled upon a counterpane so deep as to become quite lost within a world of shade, a sweetly furtive land of boundless license where the dark is swelled by our most rare imaginings below the hill. I think this, this ep- particular issue, especially because in this issue there is no actual sex, but there's tons of... Sex on the edges of things, Mm -hmm. I think this whole issue is about how repressed Wendy is. And I suspect, I am actually not as far ahead anymore because I only read through chapter six, so I'm only two chapters ahead. I expect that Wendy's arc- She's a
1: freak in the sheets. Uh, yeah, I think mm. she may have
0: had some sexy sex when she was younger, but also I think that the two ladies, um, Lady Fairchild and Dorothy, are going to help reawaken some mm. of that in her. Mm. Help her help break down that straight-laced, mm-hmm. um, repressed character that we've come to see.
1: So, do we want to move on?
0: I think so. There was a couple pieces of art that I wanted to uh, look at in this before we we jumped on, um, but uh, Chapter Three page
1: five
0: was okay. it um no nothing there sorry chapter three page six skip ahead I'll snow I'll it if I see it I also just took some some general uh, shit, notes okay uh no never mind so there's no art in this one that I was <laughs> genuinely enthralled okay. with oh there is one uh chapter three page two panel four
1: two ooh, ooh, yeah ooh, go back go.
0: one page two panel four right here just look at the detail and the texture there's nothing sexy oh. happening at all but just
1: she's looking very wistfully though it's such can i can i see it Yeah,
0: it's just such a yeah there's a guy in the foreground she's in the middle ground the husband's looking away from her she's looking for the toward the bellhop this is that moment of desire but also something about this just was really pleasing to me from a visual standpoint hit mm-hmm. the pattern on his suit that splash of green her f- the folds of her uniform and then that bold pink it's just there's a lot of texture happening i don't mm-hmm. know why but i found that panel really beautiful and you you looking at me like you don't see that at all but
1: yeah i mean i don't find it as visually appealing Okay. As you do.
0: It, it That one grabbed me. Was there anything in this issue visually that really grabbed you? I think this panel is gorgeous.
1: Um. Well, yeah. Hmm. Um. I loved the Aubrey Beardsley-esque the art. And this was totally appropriate as a choice of style Yeah. for the smut. Well, it's do
0: you want to talk about Beardsley a little bit? You know. Spot on. He was the guy who drew the ja- most gigantic dicks in the world, right? Oh,
1: my God. He's <laughs> the biggest, like, pillars. Dick pillars. Pillars. Yeah. He um is famous for his illustrations of uh Le Morte d'Arthur. Um
0: I think I actually have a copy of that by the no, way. No you don't. I think I do, yeah. Get out. I might. We'll
1: um but he also did a lot of smut in his own time and it's like really sexy smutty smut. It's good stuff. <laughs> And seriously, pillar decks like the biggest decks. We should get
0: we should get some and do we should do an episode one day where we just leave the short box out for a second and do Beardsley and this okay. together and just do a like pure erotica episode. I'm really really enjoying this going through this bit by bit slowly mm-hmm. like this. This could and look how long this book is. I realize that this might take up a year. Yeah, like to get through big. this on the
1: um, episodes. And uh, the artist, what is her name? Deborah, Debbie. Melinda. 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 Melinda Gabby? Gabby. Melinda Gabby. Does a really, really fantastic job of emulating his art style. I I think she's
0: an an Art Nouveau fan. She's very versatile. When you first open the book, the art style looks very simplistic. Mm -hmm. But if you just pay attention to it for a little bit, you realize the the level of nuance that she's. Yeah.
1: Like um, chapter four, page one. Highly realistic art.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Highly, like this. The um this is this is owner great. of the hotel or the manager of the hotel. Like he looks like your normal chubby sort of cherubic fop, right? <laughs> <laughs> of the day, he, you look. He looks like you could really like reach out and pinch his cheeks.
0: Uh, do you? Let's get into chapter four since you just flipped this to, weird to chapter four. Mustache. The title of this one is Poppies. Yes. Yeah. Um and yeah,
1: the- what was the title of the other one?
0: Da, da,
1: da. We're gonna take a look I Don't and... know
0: Could be anything Oh
1: these pages are so Missing shadows Missing
0: shadows mm. <gasps> Which is another huge clue Because that's the beginning of Peter Pan Peter Pan he's lost ch- his shadow He, he chases has to find his it, yeah. shadow in And he tries to put it on his foot with soap Which I always thought was really cute I always thought that was so I weird. thought it was cute like, in the cartoon Because he doesn't know what He's never He doesn't wash Because he's a kid He doesn't know what soap does He's trying to adhere it to his foot with soap with Anywho, soap Anywho Chapter 4. I want to start right off the motherfucking bat mm-hmm. with I find absinthe goes with practically everything.
1: And then they don't drink absinthe in uh, this whole like thing. They They m- drink wine. Well, they
0: might actually.
1: Red absinthe? Yeah. What?
0: There's green absinthe, there's clear absinthe, there is also red absinthe. There are many different colors. I do think I they're you. I do think they're drinking wine, but she, I I think it's interesting that she notes absinthe. Because...
1: It was a thing of that time. It's
0: it's very appropriate. Because yeah. when, you think, when you think of, like, a, that hedonistic culture of the Victorian times, it's absinthe and it's opium. And it's, and like... a
1: girl does both.
0: And it's sex. But also... Oh, three. Can we think of another Alan Moore property where the main character has a penchant for drinking absinthe and smoking opium? How about from, from hell? He is returning to familiar ground. And actually... Is there another one where our protagonist drinks Another Alan League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Alan Quartermain is Quartermain addicted to in... laudanum, but he, yes. in the beginning of the comics, he's is in, he's smoking an yeah. opium den. So this actually, I, this is going to sound like a crazy- This is
1: like his thing. This is like what he does. <laughs> it's very, it,
0: it has a, there's a certain type of decadence. You know what I mean? Like, this is weird. I know this is weird to say, and it's going to sound very strange, but- the, sitting back on a on a in a lounge, you know, like on a chaise smoking a, from a long opium pipe and watching the absinthe, you know, louche as classical music plays. That is a very particular bohemian sort of hedonistic drug use, and I what I well, the reason I brought it up is I don't think there's a parallel anywhere else. Like. There it's not the same thing to sit back with a joint and a you know, a glass of wine or a joint or a whiskey or sitting there with cognac. But name an alcohol and a drug that combine to create an image in your mind of sensual hedonistic rich pleasure. There is I don't cigars and cognac. But it's it's kinda different though. There's a weird there's a stuffiness to cigars and cognac. That doesn't have quite that bohemian permissiveness. Like when I think cigars. Oh, I get.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess it's a little more like. Yeah. Blue bloody. Ruff,
0: ruff, ruff. Yeah. <laughs> but when I think, when you think cigars and cognac, sex does that pop into your head?
1: Hmm. No. Not
0: really. Absinthe and opium. Sex is there. Sex is on the fringe of that. For some reason, it's in the underpinnings of hmm. that. I don't know why. But I, I think that that's interesting because it didn't <laughs> until I read this closely and was and I wrote down the note it hadn't occurred to me that that is a very that is part of that Bohemian hedonism thing that particular combo and I can't think of a parallel. There's like that free love hippie thing, but that that's different. That's a weird like we're
1: running through the forests, smoking our weed, and taking our acid. Yeah, or but like there's not yeah there's not sort of that like elevated.
0: And I think part of it mess. is the ritual. Absinthe is a ritual. Mm. Opium is a ritual. There's a there's a very like we are sitting. Is down there
1: something that kind of goes with like smoking a pipe?
0: Not really. Mm. I mean, a good beer. I mean, yeah, they, a good beer goes good with a pipe. Great,
1: yeah, really great it scotches. Really have and, the same like, but it's not sexiness. It's,
0: it's different. So I think that I I was very I was pleased.
1: There's really nothing that goes with smoking a j and like,
0: not really. Not really, no. Mm-mm. Like you could do yeah. if you did like marijuana and absinthe together, maybe. But it's it, it doesn't have the same thing. Yeah, they don't like vibe. And there's a weird there's a weird moment later where uh, basically what happens in this issue is we follow Lady Fairchild and Dorothy as they have dinner together. Uh, Lady Fairchild casually mentions that she has smoked opium and Dorothy's like well I would never but a- a- as we've seen before when she says I would never she means I really want to try that can we do that so they go back to
1: she goes over her table knowing exactly what she's doing oh yeah, yeah.
0: oh she's totally attracted to Lady Fairchild mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. go she they go back to her room and smoke opium and have sex essentially
1: sex.
0: but when I was reading that scene it I thought to myself that th- there is a parallel this the 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 central experience that they're having where she's laying back and like you can see the the bed behind her is changing like patterns that's
1: that's, that's what, what i we'll wanted to about. talk about yeah okay
0: but that to me is kind of what like like um sex on marijuana is is mm-hmm. it like heightens mm-hmm. your senses and relaxes you and you melt but it does not have that same bohemian thing we were just talking about with the, with the absinthe and opium, that sort of like decadence. Mm-hmm. I think it has a similar effect, but the, um, the mystique is not there. Sure. Anyway, I was really pleased to get that in my head. It, I, I don't know. I, I it felt, <laughs> it felt like a discovery and I really enjoyed <laughs> <laughs> making it. Anyway, oh, yeah. I, this is my favorite. I think my favorite issue that we've read so far. Well, at least one of my favorites. Yeah. I really enjoyed this one. Um, so what do you have? I've been talking for a long time. I'm just.
1: Rambling. Okay. Um, I really like how this issue follows Dorothy and Lady Fairchild, but always in the background we have the, the, the por- potters, potters, yeah. the potters, Wendy. Oh, you're going to say something about how Potter, the last name Potter, weren't you going to say something? about? I wasn't, that? No. Oh, okay. Um, and just like the contrast between the two couples mm-hmm. how one is very fun and permissive and relaxed and um, very like casual and kind of like touchy feely and the other couple is very stiff and cold and uh
0: unhappy she even leaves um, at one yeah time. she's Mrs. like spotter leaves I'm before him
1: going to go um
0: that look there's a moment where uh, Lady Fairchild takes Alice's hand, uh, no, where she takes Dorothy's hand. Lady Fairchild mm-hmm. is Alice. I guess we could start calling yeah. her Alice. Where Alice takes Dorothy's hand, rests her hand on, um, mm-hmm. they she rests her hand on Dorothy's hand and Mr. Potter looks at it. He's very obviously looking.
1: Seeing what is happening a, and like watching what is happening.
0: Right, and I'm not sure, like i I having read ahead I kind of know some of what his thoughts are on this situation and I cannot decipher that look. I don't know if it's disapproval or if it's longing or if it's both.
1: Oh, I think it's that voyeurism again. Yeah. I think we're coming back to that again because I think later in the issue, um, when Dorothy leaves to go to her own room.
0: He sticks his head out the door.
1: He has had his door open. So I almost feel like maybe he was either standing with his door opening listening or was outside their door listening. I
0: can give you insider information from the chapter after this. He did not have his door open the whole time. Basically mm. all three of them opened their doors they they both opened their door pretty simultaneously. much simultaneously. Weird. Yeah. But he has been listening. Um it's good to have a little bit of foreknowledge because it informs <laughs> our conversation today. And I've I think I've been done a good job of not giving away too much ahead of time, correct?
1: Yeah. You think so?
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, so Oh, go ahead.
1: So again, about like the stiffness in their relationship. She's dressed in. Um, <laughs> I just
0: put myself in the eye with it. Wow.
1: Accident. I'm an idiot.
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead. go
1: ahead. It's a good thing you're pretty. I'm <laughs> so dumb. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> the the stiffness in their relationship, they're both wearing stripes, which kind of says to me like bars, bars yes. in a jail and also she is dressed in at the time was very popular um to kind of ape quote-unquote oriental style yeah she is and I didn't so she that. has her hair up in a super tight bun kind of like a geisha style bun and she's in this um very tight very constricting very narrow tube like dress right and it's just it just cements for me like they are like so stiff and so, so like
0: oh uh, yeah and she might be she's probably wearing i don't know exactly the time period but possibly it's like a whalebone corset maybe under I there doubt it okay but still it's very constrictive and the lines are very yeah 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 i see what you're saying so maybe this mm-hmm. is some of mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. remember how he's looking at the smut they're both very repressed maybe this is a look of sort of like Maybe like vicarious sensuality. Yeah. Interesting. Or
1: maybe wistfulness. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Um I I had a question for you. I did not know what to make of this.
1: Flipped a page.
0: Why do you think those pages are blurred, the smut?
1: Um, I don't know. Maybe to fit the um art of this panel a little bit better.
0: Okay. I mean we've seen in the past those pages be clear, mm-hmm. but they're pretty- Maybe
1: it's not as important in this panel because we've already seen it so we already know what it is
0: okay i was wondering if maybe it was they're a little drunk already
1: oh kind yeah. of like a, we've seen that before in a, her loo- art yeah yeah
0: and there's a looseness in their body language mm-hmm. too yeah um
1: do you notice she's wearing the shoes
0: i didn't she's I'm, wearing those shoes again oh, i'm so glad you yep. pointed out so she's she's put the fantasy back on yeah She's put that sexually forward Dorothy fantasy Mm. back on. She's wearing that mask again. She is. You are so amazing. Uh, I love uh, you. Um, Okay, so basically, what happens at this point in the in this chapter is Lady Fairchild and Dorothy go back to her room to Lady Fairchild's room to smoke opium. To
1: smoke opium. In quotes. Well, they
0: do smoke opium, but Dorothy smokes a lot of fucking opium. She (laughs) goes for it. She she takes like a couple (laughs) huge hits. Then she smokes. Some more then they start having sex And she smokes it while they're having sex I'm like wow Dorothy pump the brakes Okay you're gonna end up in Oz again if you Alright I love again, that The art right is there, so great Chapter 4 page 5 <laughs> figure drawing There's yep. oh my god it's, it's beautiful did you notice that the format of this Is all blocks by the way
1: Oh, throughout the whole book? I think.
0: I think no, no, no. no. Uh, but
1: I, for the most part, though. No,
0: this is this changes a lot. But that's yeah. Actually, a lot of this book is in six Maybe by six frame gridwork.
1: Lady Fairchild's stories are in squares.
0: Interesting. Oh, not all well, of no, it. yes. But we're in her changes. room
1: here, and that's true. we're in her room in the previous one. Maybe inside Lady Fairchild's room, it's always squares
0: because it's always a mirror. Does it continue?
1: Just wait does. what
0: what happens when they leave her room? We stay in that block formatting, yeah. hmm. but hers is the last light to go off so maybe she's still our POV character mm. Wow, Ooh. good eye Good eye. I did note that we revisit the mirror mm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which I think is interesting because so far in every story we've had either the mirror or we've had the bower that looks like the mirror. Mm -hmm. In this one, we have the mirror itself. So it breaks a little bit here, but both couples are in the frame.
1: But it's it's all very grid. Ooh, sorry. It's all very grid-centric. It's all very... um, I
0: think that this is... Yeah. Well, once... And I want to look at this mirror really quick, because once we get to the mirror, you start noticing a lot of images... That are we? You know the Freudian um, like towers are penises, mm-hmm. doorways are vaginas. It's a f- candle mm-hmm. inside, come blooming out of a flower. Mm-hmm. So we have a penis and a vagina the together. Door. I Ooh, think that's like a tapestry. You have penis into a we have a penis yeah. into a vagina. It's not literally a penis into a vagina, but, but it's, it looks it's, like Right. It. It's yeah. a it's a phallocentric shape and a circle, and then Lady. Fairchild, or it could just
1: be a penis in the head of a penis. Look at this.
0: Lady Fairchild herself. <gasps> oh, is that not fucking awesome? Call. Yeah. Lady Fairchild herself is standing on a part of the carpet that looks like a flower mm-hmm. and is herself standing rigidly like a candle. It's a beautiful mirroring. That oh, go back. That undressing cuz those two pages we're about to turn onto mm-hmm. are just your brain explodes with how er- how s- fucking sexy those pages are. How erotic, how sensual.
1: But look oh, at this. Oh, it's a, um it's this a is, it's a room divider. That, what is that phallic oh. thing it's a it's a screen
0: it's a, okay mm-hmm. okay I so, like that carpet but I want this. my floor to look like that look at this I w- I'm in I would totally do that no no no. look no, back ah, look look, look. Okay. this this figure drawing yep. something about the lines there and this is the this I love is, that one that might be the sexiest image in the book so far for me I'm I not sure I
1: love sacral dimples they're like my weakness
0: sacral dimples mm-hmm. like the the little dimples right over your right ass, over your butt your cheeks yep are we are we saying the proper terms I've been saying like dick and ass in this one are we should we say like penis vagina and butt how should we proceed <laughs> I don't care. we're gonna be saying these words a lot <laughs> just for uniformity what do you think it but? doesn't matter okay I don't want to be too crude because this is not this is not a book that invites crudeness but those are just the terms that I have in my
1: well box. I wouldn't call this an ass no I would call no. this a
0: butt that is a butt but yeah there basically Dorothy's kneeling on the bed and we are looking at her from behind Dorothy's holding the opium pipe and it's it's a, again it's a Melinda Gabby does such a great job with the human figure her figure drawings are incredible okay flip the page i'm going to let you talk yes. first
1: okay Go. so i didn't even notice at first like the weird shit going on in these panels until i got to the very last panel on the page where it's like um Dorothy is laying in a field of poppies and I was like wait a second that's that's not what's going on. So I went back and I looked at the background in the previous panels and it's clearly them getting high on opium and that is changing how things look and feel in the following panels. Yeah because we we very clearly start out on like her patterned bedspread which slowly becomes a field of beautiful poppies that she's laying back in and Falling asleep
0: or whatever Kidding. she's doing. I wanted to point out something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wrote down I, that this these two pages are a should be a study in lesbian eroticism. So often, I, I think we're going to constantly be talking about porn versus erotica mm-hmm. and the difference and why I why I think erotica is undoubtedly superior. Um, When you see, quote unquote, lesbian porn, it's sort of a parallel of that wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like, yeah, here comes the blowjob. Now we're fucking. Now here's the cum
1: shot in the face. Like when you get right, it's like like porn, lesbian porn made for men versus lesbian porn made for women. It's like they have a template. Mm -hmm. So it's like
0: we're going to make out and take each other's clothes off. Now we're going to like finger each other really hard, which is not something that. As far as I understand it From the few the, the sexual encounters That I've had Throughout my life Just like Finger banging somebody Is not necessary. It's not pleasurable You know It's not how The vagina works You don't just like You know
1: Like all of a sudden Like here's some fingers hello right or like here's when the way that they do it
0: it becomes like a stand-in for a dick basically because
1: right and the girls always seem to have like really long nails and And you're like oh oh."
0: "Oh." right "Uh." exactly and then like when they actually you know they do like the 69 thing there's a lot of like uh, this what we're looking at here basically this is what i think of porn Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 that's what it is it's fucking it's this like Lowest common denominator, sexuality. Mm -hmm. These pages read like two humans... Genuinely exploring each other In a sensual way There's no like Rush to do stuff They definitely get down To business immediately Like there's They're like Yeah yeah, Like there's They're they're having sex But it's too This is like Illustration of two real people Having sex I want like I like I love that Lady Fairchild At one point Actually says To Dorothy Like like spread your legs
1: mm-hmm.
0: And mm-hmm. it's like that thing where it's like Oh could you move your elbow you never hear That in porn right. or whatever never, yeah. But there's I know this is kind of Weird to keep jumping to other projects that he did but There's a sex scene in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Where Alan Quartermain and Mina are having sex mm-hmm. And she literally says stuff like That she's mm-hmm. like could you move your hips just a little bit And he goes okay sure and then she's like this isn't Working for me I'm gonna get on top There, it's, mm-hmm. it's, like real, real right. it's real people's sex It's real yeah. sex and this Is real sex, but it's so sexual. In League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, it shows you the awkwardness of their age difference. Mm -hmm. In this, it shows you the beauty of an actual sexual encounter. And what Mm -hmm. I wrote down was... Dorothy reveling not only in her partner's body but in her own.
1: Mm-hmm. She's yeah.
0: she's playing with her nipple.
1: Yeah, she's like caressing her own breast in the sixth yeah.
0: panel and I think this is important. That's consistent with her character. She did that in chapter 2 as well.
1: Huh. When the guy
0: goes down on her in the garden, she plays with her breast and specifically pinches her nipple, which she's doing in this sixth panel. I think it's also telling. Oh, yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's
0: not just a Alan Moore thinks all ladies play with their breasts because we've never seen Lady Fairchild do right. it. At right. all. So Lady Fairchild has sexual... Th- these these are people who have sexual... They have things that they like. They have their own preferences. Yeah. Yeah. They're not just bodies to bang together like action figures. <laughs> Lady Fairchild.
1: Barbie fucks G.I. Exactly. <laughs> it's not just like, yes. oh, you know,
0: we got him. Lady Fairchild has sex that she enjoys, and Dorothy has sex, sexual things that she enjoys, and both of them get those things. They go mm-hmm. and explore, and they pleasure themselves in a way that is consistent in their characters. He's such a great fucking writer. mm
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that
0: not that's amazing no right? it's
1: great yeah oh I absolutely loved um, that also did you notice um mm-hmm. so we have the like sexy sex page then we and get then, psychedelic and we get really psychedelic and oh, like so crazy cool. like celestial vagina thing well, happening. you know what
0: this is right yes
1: it's the um, the caterpillar it's the
0: hookah smoking caterpillar yeah. which okay go ahead but I have a thing about that but
1: like after that and after she's like whoa fuck I got too high Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the art gets back to realism yeah immediately because
0: that that freak out they snap back to sober it it sharpens them up a bit and takes them out of that dreamland that they were floating into They they come out of it and you're delighted I'm so glad that you're
1: delighted um so basically, what happens? She is super hot. I bang her, <laughs> Dorothy. Yeah.
0: yeah, this drawing of Dorothy is pretty amazing. She's
1: got like dreamy eyes, and her cheeks are kind of flushed. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: you gonna be okay over there? Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna be okay over here. This
1: is,
0: wait, wait, wait! Don't go on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The hookah. Okay, what happens is Lady Fairchild <clears throat> they they have sex for a while, and then Lady Fairchild makes her way down Dorothy's body, and Dorothy lays back smoking the pipe. Um, playing with her breasts and just sort of like relishing. Just
1: enjoying. Yeah this is where
0: this is the panel bird was talking about where she's laying in a field of flowers and mushrooms essentially where she's, Mm -hmm. she's like gone into this like natural dreamland and Lady Fairchild goes down on her and when Lady Fairchild gets to Dorothy's vagina it's like LSD level like weird like
1: girl has crazy glitter in her pussy hair kind of like
0: Right, but it's it's like 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 a glowing l- glowing like yeah. and multicolored lights, like you're looking through a kaleidoscope basically. Yeah. It's it has ceased to be a pussy and it's now a, a, like a magical pink kaleidoscope essentially. It makes me
1: think of a nebula.
0: Uh, yes, that's mm-hmm. a perfect way to describe it. She, yeah. Lady Fairchild gets, gets her face down there and it looks like... She basically like, sees God. It looks like a nebula, yeah. yeah <laughs> but what she actually sees, and I think this is really cool because you can see the mm-hmm. outer edges of labia, but mm-hmm. the, the basically the labia folds make the shape of a caterpill- that caterpillar from They're Alice smoking. in Wonderland mm-hmm. smoking the hookah. And it freaks Lady Fairchild out because she's Alice. Mm-hmm. She's seeing her past. And I wanted to point out The reason that I think the reason that she's so strongly tied to opium, she says that she prefers laudanum, she does drugs in the first episode or in the first episode, the first issue. Um, they
1: should, yeah, well,
0: you couldn't maybe not, you totally couldn't. Well, I mean, you could if the actresses were 18. You'd need the problem is, I was actually (laughs) thinking, like, you could make this would have to be on stars. (laughs) Well, I was thinking, you could make a really badass movie out of this, but you would need. All insanely talented actors and actresses. You would need like the best cast ever, or this mm-hmm. would be dog shit. And uh, honestly, I think that it belongs in the format that, that it belongs in. I, I think it belongs as a comic book. But look, but what I think is her early uh, sexual awakening, that first sexual experience, if you go back to the, the Alice story, we all know, is intrinsically tra- tied with drugs. Mm. She drinks the potion. Mm-hmm. One makes you big, one makes you small. Um, she runs into the hookah smoking caterpillar in this, I think in the second book through the looking glass. She, I never read these. I know, but I'm trying to give you just a brief mm-hmm. background. There's one where she drinks a potion, makes you big, makes you small. The caterpillar,
1: It's a cracker. I think the caterpillar. She takes the a other pill. One. Oh.
0: In the second one she literally takes There's pills she likes is doing pills Not doing pills but there's right. like two Magical pills in pills. the second one right so like In the Alice stories there's a lot Of drugs mm-hmm. especially The most obvious one is the caterpillar Smoking opium out of a hookah But uh her Her all of her sexual experiences and that that story, which is the allegory of her youthful sexual awakening, is intrinsically tied with drugs. Mm-hmm. So in this state where she's wrecked on opium and fucking this girl that she's met, it would make sense that that would be her like, quote unquote, acid flashback mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah. I love that because yeah. that could have been anything. That could have been the rabbit being like, come on down the hole or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, like <laughs> something really crass. Oh, Not that Alan Moore is going to uh... do that, but I think this is such a beautiful, subtle way that mm-hmm. that. Is so true to the subject matter That he's mm-hmm. working with I loved that um, Go ahead
1: um, yeah before we go On th- these panels here
0: There's that hips and belly I know again by yep. the way I, This is awesome that we get We get women with actual hips like Dorothy mm-hmm. has yeah. actual hips. This is how legs work. Like her like butt Like it's
1: an actual human structure. And her yeah.
0: butt goes away too because when you spread your legs that way, your butt goes away and if
1: well, it kind of like flattens out a flattens little, little, yeah.
0: Right, cuz the 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 meat, I guess, it's like your gluteus maximus would like would shift over kind with your stretches. hip because a big yeah. a big part of it is like attached to your leg. So mm-hmm. a, yeah. Melinda yeah. Get... I'm just going to keep saying Melinda Gabby's figure drawings are beautiful. <laughs> Melinda Gabby's figure drawings are amazing. Mm. Okay, go on. Sorry.
1: Um, okay, so in these panels, we finally get, I think, our first real close up of um, Lady Fairchild, interesting um, Alice. I mean, we kind of we get, get a couple of, a like medium bit shots, but we. Lunch. I think
0: it's the first time we see her uh, like scared for sure, well, like
1: close up like this. Um, yeah, straight I on too. Thought that she was much older. I thought she had gray hair and I thought she's an older lady, but I really don't think she's that old. And she definitely has blonde hair.
0: She's definitely older. She's
1: older. She's
0: older than both Dorothy and Wendy. Right. But I don't think she's
1: super old. Which is
0: true to their stories as well. Dorothy would be the youngest because that story was written most recently. Alice in Wonderland is the oldest story of the three.
1: Interesting.
0: Very interesting. But, um, whoa. Whoa.
1: See, like I feel like she's when I
0: said that just now, I was like, is that that is true. And it's about the I know he thought of everything. He's so he's such a nuanced and meticulous writer. He's so goddamn genius. I love Alan Moore. I love him. He's so fucking amazing. This, by the way, is the panel where, again, Alan Moore associates oral sex with scent. Uh, I all I could smell were the poppies.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. So yeah. as
0: she's going down on her, we get another <laughs> scent reference to, scent. to yeah. and especially a, a scent of the scent of nature. Mm-hmm. I think I think that will be a recurring thing. I had some questions about this. What is that flower? It's a poppy. Is that a poppy? It's a poppy. So okay, so we get the poppy. I figured it was, but I wasn't sure, and I was too lazy to look it up. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is with the flower drooping? Did that say
1: anything mm, to you? Yeah, I don't not a hundred percent sure. Maybe like it's time has passed, like we did that thing and now it's the next morning.
0: Yeah, maybe like the, the mm. like putting the away rush the
1: rush has passed. Maybe
0: like putting away the shoes. The mm-hmm. drugs are wearing off. The poppy's hold is diminishing, mm-hmm. and now we're coming back to reality. Because I'm assuming in the next one we're gonna start with another yep breakfast scene. Breakfast. So we're back to reality. So like in the night, these sexual things happen, and there's always a sort of that's like a reset. It's like a mm-hmm. reset button. Like we're gonna wake up, and tomorrow everything's gonna be cool, and we're gonna be like, <laughs> hey, how's it going? Hey. I'm gonna get some tea. I hear absinthe goes with everything, or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm glad that's a, I'm glad that's a poppy. I really like mm-hmm. that. Um. Got anything else Mm -mm. that was this book is so good. Can I just say I'm really glad that we're that you and I are talking, not only talking about this, but that we're able to talk about this. I feel that there are people out here out in the world who would be like so Uncomfortable with the sexual subject matter with uh, about talking about sex. I run into it again and again people who are weird about talking about sex and sexuality Mm -hmm. and intimacy Mm -hmm. and I like that we're able to talk about it frankly and appreciate it as well Mm -hmm. because it's, I mean, we're not sitting here watching, you know, like Bang in Summer Sluts 5 and being like, yeah, look at that boobs and stuff. But like, (laughs) maybe we should do that, critique some porn. Patreon exclusive. (laughs) But (laughs) Fred and Max critique porn. But like, I, I just, I think. I'm really grateful to have a partner that I can talk about this sort of stuff with. I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's, I think it's.
1: I never really understood why
0: of you to be comfortable. Yeah, to be comfortable (laughs) with it, like to to have, be able to have a frank and open discussion Mm -hmm. about this sort of stuff. Because it is, this is worthy of, of praise and and exploration. As we're finding out again and again, this book can really unravel if you look at it. And I feel like a lot of people would be like, oh, naked people would better turn the page oh, oh. and not take the moment to just to, to sort of enjoy it and revel mm. in it. But w- what were you going to say?
1: Um, it never really made sense to me. I, um, I'm i sure I've talked about this in the past, about how like I was raised in a very um, kind of puritanical mm. household and we didn't really talk about like sex and enjoying sex. Right. Um, just that like, You have sex with your husband when you're married and, you know, no, (laughs) no, it wasn't even so much that like, um, there weren't, there just weren't like frank open discussions about sex. Um, and I think that that is something that children should have. I think kids growing up should have frank discussions about sex and how it's totally fun and normal and, Mm -hmm. People have kinks and, like, (laughs) you know, like, just talk about sex with your kids in a frank, honest manner and, like, don't make it something scary or something that they have to figure out on their own when they're adults later. You know, it's just, it's stupid. It's a beautiful, fun thing that humans do.
0: Yeah, especially when Alan Moore is writing your script.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Alan Moore, write my life script.
0: Oh, my God, no kidding. Everything would be resonating with meaning constantly. I'd be, I'd go. You I'd, know
1: what? I actually, that'd be cool.
0: That would be right. Be like, That's what Graham Morrison says essentially. That magical consciousness is is mm-hmm. when you can get yourself to a headspace where everything in the universe is talking to you constantly, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. And I think I've talked about it on the podcast, but I've actually experienced that headspace a mm-hmm. few times, and it's wild. I don't think I could live there all <laughs> the time, though. Man, it's it's very weird. Anyway, this. This book is incredible. I'm glad it's as long as it is because you and I are going to be doing this for a long time. We might have to do a couple episodes where we do like four chapters and just don't do any short box stuff just yeah. to make a little headway. <laughs> but this is a great book and I'm really, really glad that that we're doing it as deeply as we are. This is fucking great. Okay. So do you have anything else? I don't, no, I'm
1: ready to eat dinner.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good too. I got nothing else. All right. So uh, for Chapman and Robin this week, I've been Max Peterson.
1: And I'm Bert holy podcast chat man.